Welcome to Taiwan Headlines, a critical take on news critical to Taiwan. I'm Donovan Smith from Taichung, Taiwan. But before we get started, our generous patron, Formosan Business Support, has significantly increased their monthly donation. So I'd like to share a message from them. Our monthly potluck supporter, Formosan Business Support, based in Taichung and Kaohsiung, supporting Taiwan's energy transition to a green, self-sustainable industrial island. Find out more at formosanbs.com. Japan's representative office in Taiwan, the Japan-Taiwan Exchange Association, raised the national flag of Japan at its Taipei office on the 17th for the first time in its 50-year history. This follows on the heels of U.S. President Joe Biden and Japanese Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga reaffirming their commitment in upholding peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait in very tepid language, during their first in-person summit in Washington. That summit will be looked into more closely in an upcoming Taiwan Report news brief, or briefs, so check out my briefs, that will be examining U.S.-Taiwan relations and U.S. moves to work with Japan and Australia on Taiwan's defense. Now, the timing for the raising of the flag in Taipei is interesting, coming so close on the heels of the summit at which the Japanese side appears to have tried to play down cooperation with the U.S. on Taiwan to a minimum. Following up on a recent show that went in-depth on TSMC and Hanhai's relevance to Taiwan's national security, both have deepened the moves described in that show. TSMC, which has a near lock on high-end chips, has raised this year's capital expenditure to a record $30 billion U.S. dollars, up from $25 to $28 billion planned for in January. About 80% of the capital budget is to be spent on the buildup of advanced technologies, including 3, 5, and 7 nanometer technologies, while about 10% would be for less advanced technologies. They expect that the current chip shortage plaguing world production will last into 2022. They are also planning to spend $100 billion U.S. dollars over three years. Now, to put this in pers- into perspective, their entire investment this year in their future is more than double Taiwan's entire military budget. Perhaps they're more afraid of Samsung and Intel than Taiwan is of the People's Liberation Army. On the Hanhai, aka Foxconn, side of the uh, of the story, the MIH Open Platform for Electric Vehicle Development has been expanding fast. 1,500 hardware and software companies around the world have now participated in the platform to facilitate the development of technologies such as self-driving and EV fleet management. Hanhai has partnered with automaker Yulong Group to form Foxtron Vehicle Technologies Company to strengthen the platform, which provides solutions for other automakers. Hanhai's stated goal is to turn the platform into the android of the electric car industry. If they are successful, this could be huge for them, as it both couples the dynamism of a wide range of developers like Android does, and it opens the possibility of them being central to the ecosystem in the way Google is, or at very least by being the initiator, setting themselves up as the first manufacturing partner companies go to. 
The platform is intended to allow any company to come in and create and potentially outsource the manufacture of electric vehicles. Currently, Honhai makes consumer electronics like game consoles for Nintendo and iPhones for Apple. Electric vehicles are, in essence, simply large electronic devices. At a news conference outside the Ministry of Labor building in Taipei, a group of organizers called on people who work with Food Panda and Uber Eats to sign up for a proposed National Delivery Industrial Union. The stated main purpose of the union is to increase delivery drivers' leverage in negotiating for fair pay rules with the two platforms. The union would also seek to lobby the ministry and lawmakers to propose legislation for food deliveries and protect drivers' rights. According to the ministry, the the number of food deliverers in Taiwan has increased to 88,000 as of the end of last year. Now, the food delivery business is a complicated one. On the one hand, the companies can change their payment structures at whim, and it can be dangerous speeding through traffic. On the other hand, the freedom and flexibility of it is a boon to many. For example, students making some extra money, caregivers for loved ones making a little money on the side, or for the unemployed between jobs. Indeed, historically, it fits very well into Taiwanese society. Up until the 1990s, factories would often outsource excess work to people in the neighborhood. So you would commonly see ground floors set up as little workshops with, for example, grandma putting together cocktail umbrellas while keeping an eye on the kids. The new union, by the way, is going to have its work cut out for it. In Taiwan, labor action is rare and even more rarely successful. Plus, the sheer logistics of trying to organize tens of thousands of people, many of whom may only do the job for a short period of time and be quickly replaced by others, is staggering. And they will have to come up with a compelling plan to interest the drivers and a strategy to reach all of them, which seems near impossible without either a genius marketing campaign or the cooperation of the two companies, which isn't going to happen. Getting enough members to have much leverage on the companies will be extremely difficult, but they may not need anywhere near so many to be able to lobby for legislation. All right, that's it for the program. Be sure to hit like and subscribe and join us as a patron on patreon.com slash Taiwan Report. This has been brought to you by the Taiwan Report. For more content like this, become our patron at report.tw.